eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is Fifth Avenue Face-Off. Welcome back into Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack at 93.7 The Fan. Thanks to Eric Tangrady. He'll rejoin us again on Monday to break down uh, the first two games of this Western road trip and look ahead to the Sharks. We'll also look ahead uh, to the L.A. teams with Eric Stevens of The Athletic in just a couple of minutes. But speaking of big shots from The Athletic, Sean Gentili, national NHL writer of The Athletic, joins me now. How are you, man? It's good to see your face. Third place on the broadcast, man. Tangrady's better than me. Eric Stevens well, he, significantly, significantly better than me. So you're scraping you're, the bottom of the barrel. That's you're funny. on the medal stand. I mean, give yourself that <laughs> that's, much. That's hey, that's all. I'm I'm just trying to place. That's it. Hey, wear that big bad bronze proudly. That's all you, my <laughs> man. That's all you. Hey, I wanted I wanted to start with some big picture issues. A lot of stuff that people are talking about coming out of the weekend, obviously, where everybody was down in Fort Lauderdale. And let's start with and then we'll get into the pens and whether Ron Hextall's a lunatic or not. Um, so let's start with the All-Star Weekend nonsense. Like, I appreciate any league that tries to make their All-Star event somewhat different or, I guess, more palatable. It's the second time I've done air quotes with my fingers in today's episode. Uh, but, like, other than target shooting and and skating around in circles and maybe a, a couple trick shots here and there. I don't know how you make it more palatable. And I don't think Sidney Crosby in the dunk tank necessarily did it. So, you know, when do we, when do we get back to the all-star weekend, maybe making sense or are we too, is it too far gone? That's a great question, man. I think, so I think step one is to fix the game itself. And I think what you're going to see there at some point in the next couple of years is a move away from the three-on-three format. Because that worked. Okay. It worked to one point. It worked back in 2016. Guys were excited about it, and guys were into it. And it's just like anything else. You know, it loses its it loses its luster. Guys get sick of it and whatever. And that's the vibe I get now is that dudes are ready to move on from it, right? So go back to East-West. Like, and, and if that means you switch back, by the way, from conference versus conference in five years, then, you know, so be it. But just commit right. to flipping stuff over because if there's one thing we've learned it's that dudes get you know tired of it pretty quickly the other thing the tougher one though is uh, and your guess on this is as good as mine is is the skills competition stuff because i was totally i don't know how much you caught how much you caught of that on friday night dude but it was it was it was i had i had to watch it i didn't have a choice i was not in florida (laughs) and i still had to watch that 
synchronize stuff from my couch. So I, it was a lose, 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 lose for me. Um, yeah, it, it, it sucked. It, it sucked. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do about that, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, it, it's look, the Pro Bowl wasn't any better. Uh, it really wasn't. You know, the idea, I get the idea of trying to space things out so that, like, oh, we'll watch this competition here and then we'll come back to the semifinals of this competition here. But it's, there's no way to make novelties, things that used to be novelties, any more novel once they've mm-hmm. become normalities. And that's what these are. It's, it's all just normalcy. Uh, it, it, there's no novelty left in any of this. The only thing, and uh, Tango, Eric Tangrady actually suggested this the other day. So I'll ask you, Sean, if it, if it makes sense to you, because I, I think it could be done. I just don't know if it's an every year kind of deal is s- split it up by by country or by region or you know, give it some kind of international World Cup of Hockey style flavor where the Canadian guy, you know, the East, maybe the Quebecois are on one team mm-hmm. and the Western Canadians. I only said it like that because I'm proud of the fact that I can say Quebecois like that. Uh, the Western Canadians there, by are the on way, another there's team. A, some, one, one of my neighbors, by the way, not to interrupt, one of my neighbors no, has, up, a Quebec, has, a, has a Quebecois flag hanging in front of their house. And I always like walk past it. I do the same thing. That's Fleur de Lee, Quebecois flag. The Fleur de I love Lee, it. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you know, put the put the put the Frenchies there. I'll be less cultured. Put the Frenchies mm-hmm. on there one team, and 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 put the Toronto guys on another team, and then you know Eastern United States on one, and and maybe Upper Midwest guys on another, and have totally. a Sun Belt team with Austin Matthews totally. or something. I don't. I, that's the only way I can see. And again, to your point, you made earlier, it probably wears off in four or five years. But at the very least, you've got to. Switch it again. Switch it again. Like whatever. Like to like commit to doing whatever it takes to keep this fresh and keep it interesting. Because the only people that matter, and I've I've said this a million times, but it's true. Like who is the target demographic for all star games? It's eight year olds or ten year olds Mm -hmm. or whatever. These are kids need to watch this and get hooked into it. Because I can remember like the nineteen ninety four All Star Weekend at at the stadium at Three Rivers was like. That was the greatest moment of my life up until oh, that yeah. point. Like, Ken I, like, Griffey it's still Jr. Like, hitting dingers into the upper deck during the home run derby. Oh my god! Yeah. Right. So, so that so those are the people who should be catered to when it comes to this. And the end result is like I defy you to find like an eight year old or a nine year old who watched, you know, whatever that mess was on Friday night and came away thinking like, wow, that was real. That that was that was really cool. So keep that in mind in the first step towards getting to a point where you are appealing to kids and casual viewers is whatever else is you have to get the guys engaged, like get the competitors in a spot mm-hmm. where they give a shit about what's happening. I don't know if I right. can swear on this. I just realized yeah, that. You, you can, they, and you just did. So that's okay. Well, there you go. But like make them care. Cause we, we saw the hazards on Friday night of what happens if these guys are halfway in, it doesn't work. Right. right? So figure out a way to, to, to get more buy-in from them. And then everything else will fall in place. The other thing, the other big thing about Friday night, and I know we're like, whatever, we don't want to spend the whole time talking about all-star stuff that happened five days ago. But the other thing is like ESPN blocked out three hours worth of time on, on TV for that. And they did not have three hours worth of stuff to do. So at no. events, like cut back on this lag time where there's, you know, where uh, they're, cutting to commercial and then coming back and we're doing panel discussions with Messi. Like, well, it was crazy. Just a total yeah. waste of total waste of time. So add some more stuff, regardless of what it is and figure out how to showcase the actual scale of these guys that are involved. Don't turn it into some joke breakaway contest 
you know, nonsense and get them engaged. And I think everything else will fall in place after that. Yeah. You, you, Cause you make a great point. The eight or nine year old who who's just signed up, it, it, it just, you know, got back from his peewee hockey game that afternoon. What was your son? You, what was your son doing? you like, you, you, you have a boy around that is like, what, what the hell was he doing on Friday? He, 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 like, he doesn't No way. He, he cared. Wasn't, he wasn't even interested, but what's yeah. crazy is the next day, when Justin Jefferson was jumping off of trampolines to try and catch touchdown passes that he was engaged with. So look, you can get it. It's that's proof positive. I think that you can get inventive. You can get weird. You can get a little crazy, but it's got to take buy-in from the players to your if point. If you're going to do goofy stuff like that and have Justin Jefferson on a trampoline or have Stefan Diggs playing hide and seek or whatever, whatever's going on with that stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure that it's actually interesting stuff, and it's not just it's not just hockey players dressed up in silly costumes doing the same shootout moves that we've seen a zillion times. It's crazy. I felt insane watching that on Friday night. I was like, "Who is this for? Is it for the just, media? Is it for diehard fans? Is it for casual fans or kids or whatever?" It appeals to nobody at this point. They need to figure I, it out. I felt like the the you know the cringe emoji, the one that just goes with all the teeth. That's what mm-hmm. I felt like the entire Constant. time I watched it. Constant. Speaking of cringe, uh, the current playoff format. <laughs> look, I didn't like it when they introduced it. The yeah. idea of the three and three and the two wild cards, because I thought there was nothing more perfect than the one through eight. Big time, high level guys are starting to pair at the same thing now. Sidney Crosby, uh, Nathan McKinnon, uh, over the the weekend in Florida are saying, yeah, it, why shouldn't it just be one through eight? Um, I don't think the regular season schedule balanced or unbalanced should have any bearing on how we do the playoffs. Ideally, maybe in a perfect world, you can do that. But if I really want every team to come through my arena in a given year, at least once, I got to be willing to trade something off. And that's the fact that I might only play a team that beats me out by four points in the standings three times in the regular season. Mm -hmm. And I have to be okay with that. I have to understand that even though it's hockey and it's the NHL and it's built on the gate draw as much as any other North American professional sport, I got to understand TV matters just as much. And the best matchups later in the playoffs are what's better for the league when it's on the biggest stage. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and you, what you said, like I wish Gary Bettman were paying attention to it, right? Because that that was – his whole spiel at the state of the league address, which he did on Friday, not Friday, I think doesn't matter. Um, Last he, week, sometimes it's a whatever. At some point in <laughs> South Florida, Gary Bettman talked about TV, TV ratings and rivalries, whatever else. But he wants he wants it always right where you want to have the you want to have the current format. He's also saying we're listening to to uh, ticket buyers who want to be able to if if you're in Pittsburgh, you want to see you know, Connor McDavid come through town and you want to see, mm-hmm. you know, Jonathan Huberto come through or whatever. And, but they also want to keep like a significant amount of rivalry games and all, all this stuff. Like they're, they're, it, it's similar. It's of a type, I think with the problem that's afflicted the all-star game, because you're trying to appeal to all these different demographics. And the end result is you're just kind of splitting the baby and appealing to nobody. But I think it's clear at this point, you know, based on the last couple of years, and of course, this is because it all stems from the fact that it involves the Toronto Maple Leafs. Anything that anything that happens in Toronto, anything that involves the Maple Leafs, it turns into a much bigger deal than it otherwise would. But in this case, I think it's something that's germane and something that's relevant because the Maple Leafs again are going to get stuck playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round of the playoffs. It's going to happen. 
That's just the nature of the format. That's the nature of the Atlantic division. So that has alarm bells ringing all over the place, whether it's media or league or, or, or whatever. And that's why it's turned into a thing. That is the main reason that we're having this conversation now combined with the fact that, you know, that, that, that the sheen's off back from 2016 or 2017, when it was cool, we can see the caps and the penguins every year. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, mission accomplished, but it's the same thing. Like it's outlived its utility, right? We've, we've done it. It made sense at the time. We're six years or eight years or however long in, into the, in the divisional format, switch back and go back. Like and it also, if, if you want to do a, full 360 and switch back to it again in, in another five years do that too like who cares find what works in 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 run toward it and the nhl has always 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 been bad at that speaking of outliving their utility ron hextall was brought in to provide a sense of calm to the penguins front office i feel to not spout off to the media every 15 minutes to not trade the carl haglins of the world just to get people to pay attention yeah. uh, spite, and... spite trading spite trading <laughs> carl haglin yeah who who, who yeah. are we talking about there i have no idea uh but he was brought <laughs> in to, to calm things down and he's calmed it too much he's he's taken the he's jim rutherford on valium um and i guess you know i i, I guess my question is this do you think, because I know what my answer is, do you think he's really committed to not even putting a first-round pick on the table if that means moving the salary out of a Jeff Carter or Kasperi Kapanen to get something done at the deadline? Or is this Ron Hextall being crazy like a fox and actually negotiating through the media? Because I don't think he's that guy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, he's not. Like He he would... That dude has no interest in negotiating through the media. He has no interest in talking to us at all. If he had his way, he would just, you know, sit in his sit in his office and watch uh, watch prospect tape and go scout, you know, USHL games or whatever. That's like that's what that's what this dude wants to do. So I, I don't think this is, you know, 4D chess from Ron Hextall where he's saying this because as a, as a negotiation tactic. I think he sincerely doesn't want to do it, and I think also whether he real whether he you know whether this played into the the reveal for him or not the market is lining up to support him that way right honestly because there are so few it, the he would and, and he it, his own roster has has shaped up to, to to support him not moving on a first round pick because if you think about it that's what they would need to attach to somebody to set to create cap space because they have 18 grand in cap space or whatever. So do you really want to move out a first round pick with Marcus Pedersen or whoever, like insert salary dump here? I, I, not, no, no offense to Marcus Pedersen because he's been probably their best defenseman this season, right? right. But you're going to, you would need to attach that first round pick just to clear space to add a, to add a player of, uh, of relevance at the deadline. Right. And then that just opens up another, another hole in your lineup. So to me, like the issue here isn't necessarily his willingness to move or not move a first round pick. It's the fact that, that he has no space. 
And he mm-hmm. basically has no tradable commodities because the roster is either guys that are too good to move or guys that have no value on the open market to anybody, let alone one of the teams that, let alone a contender with cap space, which there are, you know, five of or, or, or however right. many. Right. So that to me is the, is the bigger issue uh, with him in, in whatever moves they make or don't make down the stretch rather than, you know, Oh, are, are they willing to move her for a first round pick or not like that? The first round pick is step two. First, the, the first step is actually, you know, clearing the space where, where it turns into something viable. It's something when you get to the trade deadline without even enough cap space for a team dinner, um, like you can't even drive through Chick-fil-A for an entire NHL team for what happens. Ser- uh, right. Okay. What, what happens if, you know, uh, Marcus Patterson and Jeff Petrie, you know, getting whatever they get into a fender bender on, on in the in the Bigelow Boulevard insanity traffic right on the, <laughs> on their on on their way to their on their way to the rink like what the hell how we're gonna watch a team play a game with with uh with uh with four defensemen right because they because they got they got nothing it's crazy you drag you're gonna drag Mark Friedman kicking and screaming into that lineup <laughs> and I'm all crazy. about it. I'm all Let's about go. it. We need, Give we need, we need more free. We need more Friedman. We need to free up a place for Friedman, even if, even if it's on the fourth line. Like you're like, who, who cares? Get him in there. Yeah. Speaking of people who would, uh, who we'd like to fight, I don't want to fight Mark Friedman. Um, it would be entertaining because he beat. He's pretty short, so like I don't know. We, we'd have a. <laughs> but I think he chance. would willingly fight me. Or oh, yeah. You. I, yeah. He mm-hmm. just loves to, both he just of us, loves to mix yeah. it up. So both of us at the same time, and he'd still probably win. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video of the Florida Panthers mascot, Victor oh. E rat, which by the way, is one of the worst mascot names ever on file in the world does, of mascot. Does names. it circle back? Does it circle back to being good? I, I had that same reaction. I was like Victor E rat. And I just like, Grown, you know, like, like Victor my with a K, my body, too, but... implying that he's Russian, which makes it perfect he's, for Southern Eastern Florida. Eastern Bloc, yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the Boynton Beach, like, whatever. Yeah. Yes. So Victor E. Rat fighting a Tampa Bay Lightning fan the other day. I just saw a clip of this. Aside from Gritty, which NHL mascot would Sean Gentilly most like to fight? Most like to fight Carl and the Bear from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, Let's take why? them down. We'll do like no. We'll do like well. First off, it's it's U.S. versus Canada. That's always okay. always important. I obviously have like a personal kind of distaste for the Maple Leafs because of the way the league's covered and because I didn't Toronto's sense that at all. Center or whatever. Yeah, right. There's a little bit. Of, there's a little bit of a, a spoiled <laughs> a spoiled uh, spoiled grapes there, uh, sour grapes. Coming and, from uh, Pittsburghers, that's rich, by the way. Can you but imagine? Can you imagine that? Yeah, like weird, like weird axes to grind against Canadian cities. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, in, in Carlton, also, it's like a it's like a Fight Club situation. I think with um, whenever whenever Edward Norton beats up Jared Leto, he just says he wanted okay. he wanted to he wanted to destroy something beautiful because Jared Leto's like too cute. He just wants to, like beat his face in. That's <laughs> right. that's what the deal is with me and Carlton the bear. The bear the bear's too damn cute. He 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 des- he deserves a he deserves a couple pops there just just for good measure. I thought you were gonna make the comparison instead to um to to Meatloaf and Bob like that's he kind of that's more of a mascot comparison I thought from Fight Club. He's but I, he's, I, he's the he's the he's the mascot of Fight Club. Bob is for sure. That's a hell R. of a R. point. R.I.P. <laughs> to Bob and R.I.P. to Meatloaf. R.I.P. Loaf. Um, I actually had somebody tell me. 
that they were at a celebrity golf tournament a few, this is a while ago, actually. And Meatloaf was in the celebrity golf tournament and their grandfather, the grandfather of, I won't mention which athlete, Mm -hmm. but he happened to be from Pittsburgh. And since Mm -hmm. we're talking about South Florida, he may have played quarterback there. His dad (laughs) actually kept calling him Meatball (laughs) instead of Meatloaf. (laughs) Mr. 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 Quarterback from South Florida did. Okay. That's, that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I just think that's, uh, fantastic. All right, Sean, we're going to have to Pittsburgh. do this again soon. Uh, yeah, thanks man, for giving anytime. me a couple minutes and uh, enjoy uh, staying up late for the next few nights to see if this team can actually put together a consistent 60 minutes of hockey. <laughs> all they got to do is play one good period a night. Clearly. One. It That's all they need. All right, Sean Gentilly, <laughs> National NHL writer for The Athletic. Thanks again, man. Catch up with Eric yeah, Stevens. Dude. He covers hockey out in Southern California. We'll talk both Ducks and Kings next here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.